that he has appointed for you to have in this season. May you not, may you never, excuse me, may you never miss the blood of Jesus. May you never miss what God has for you in the name of Jesus. And I pray, oh God, that you give us wisdom to manage the resources you've committed into our hands tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. Be thou exalted, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father God, I'm going to share your word with your people right now. I pray, O oh God, Father, that you give me the grace to share your word without fear, without trepidation. I pray you empty me of myself and fill me with all of you. In the name of Jesus. Fill me with all of you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, O oh God, Father, that none of us will be shamed or dismayed. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come against every spirit of distraction, every spirit of manipulation, every spirit of slumber, sleepiness, tiredness, weariness. We bind the demon of slumber in your life. However, that wherever that demon is operating, we command the fire of God to locate it and destroy it right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we uproot the root of slumber and sleepiness that is permitting the demons of robbery. To come into your life in the name of Jesus. These demons of, of uh, robbery operate with a spirit of slumber and sleepiness. When the word is going on, you fall asleep. What they do is they instruct those demons to come in and make you asleep so they can come in and rob you of what God is trying to deposit in your life. We come against that in the name of Jesus. We rebuke it in the name of Jesus. We bind it up in the name of Jesus and we cast it out to the pit of hell. In the name of Jesus, I ask, O oh God, that you, by your great mercies, you restore what the devil has stolen. In the name of Jesus, restore it right now. In the name of Jesus, Coria Bashanta Rica Pelo Santo, Rica Paseta, Lique Pelo Santo, Rica Pasiara Rabaqueda. In the name of the Lord, I pray you empty me of myself and fill me with all of you. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, Lord, give me the grace to walk in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, open the ears of everyone here to hear your voice. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name. Be thou exalted, O God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. God is speaking right now and he's giving me a word to share with you. And that is being steadfast. Steadfast. Being steadfast. Let's open our Bibles to the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 15, verse 58. Somewhere here there's a lock around your neck. A lock of condemnation is being lifted off your neck right now and being broken. A seal of condemnation is being broken. And I command the power of God to turn you right back around. Every shame, every hook and shame in your life be removed now. I command this siege of condemnation be completely terminated right now. Receive your divine elevation. Whoever it is that's using a neck hold upon your life i command that hold be broken now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus whatever has been used to choke you or hold you down i command it to lose its grip now in the name of jesus father we thank you lord and we bless your holy name in jesus mighty name amen the bible says i will look onto the hills from whence cometh my help my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. What is important about being steadfast? Being, being steadfast is necessary for you to stand against the enemy. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. 
steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Are you steadfast in your faith tonight? Are you steadfast to allow God's work in your life to be complete? Some of us, we're always bouncing around. Have you ever seen a surgeon that's trying to do a surgery on someone's legs and they keep moving their legs all the time? Will that surgery ever be a success? No. If that surgery is a delicate procedure, will that surgeon be able to perform that surgery in completion? Absolutely not. That person needs to be steadfast. And for the surgeon to be able to work, that person needs to be sedated. If it's not conscious sedation, I have a background in healthcare, so I know a lot about healthcare at a vast, vast level. Um, if that person is not sedated properly, there's some procedures that cannot be done. Okay, if the person needs to have some kind of um, some kind of drainage in their body that requires them to be sedated, then they, they have to be put under sedation. And that means that the person who is doing the sedation has to be steadfast to ensure they don't give an overdose or they make sure that the patient is not feeling pain during the procedures. So a lot of times there are mistakes and uh, people may feel pain during surgical procedures while they're paralyzed. There's one thing to be sedated and one thing to be paralyzed. God wants you to be steadfast. The devil wants you to be bouncing around. He wants you to be unstable. He wants you to keep bouncing back and forth so that you never have a footing to stand on. But the scripture says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. This is a Bible study, so we have time to ask questions. If you have any questions, or you can chip in if you like. Um, make sure you're chipping in on based on the topic we're talking about, because that's more important at this time. Um, please do not try to divert what we're talking about tonight. Let's look at the word and the meaning. Uh, let's be practical about what we're learning about. Steadfast. Steadfast means fixed in direction. Fixed in direction. Steadily directed. Firm in purpose, resolution, faith, and attachment as a person. Are you fixed in the direction that God is sending you to? God is sending me around the world, so I'm fixed on what he has for me. I've been to 10 countries already, and I've never been afraid to be in any place or any country. Sometimes the devil will try to make me anxious, but in that moment, my, my steadfast faith in God helps me to persevere. I wait on the Lord to move me. I wait on the Lord to direct me. I wait on the Lord to hear from him. I don't do anything without his directive. I don't do anything without his purpose. I don't do anything without his, his strength because I am steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. How do you get steadfast faith? The Bible says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. You can't hear God if all you're doing all the time is listen to jargon and, and junk online. If all you do is just keep scrolling your fingers, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock all the time, you can't hear the voice of God. Someone said, well, TikTok is speaking to me, but there's something much more better than TikTok that God wants to use to speak to you, and that is His Holy Spirit. If you're going to be steadfast, you need to have the Holy Spirit inside of you to be able to direct you in the direction you need to go. I'll give you a good example of what it means to be steadfast. You ever see those players when they play basketball and they want to win a championship? Some of you seen uh, Kobe Bryant. And I only share this for the purpose of general knowledge. You can identify with it. Some of you watched most of his games from the time he was young up to now, up to the point before he passed away or he retired from the uh, National Basketball Association in America. You've seen where many times opponents will try to put their hands in his face and he will still shoot the ball with blind vision because he knows the moment he steps in that position and he either 
puts his foot down for either a jump shot or just to arc the ball in to go to the basket from wherever corner of the court he's standing on, whether it's be below or inside the uh, three-point line, he knows that the ball is going in. He has so much faith in his practice and so much faith in what he does that he's not worried about any distraction. God wants you to be steadfast in your complete relationship with him. Some of us, we have a relationship with God, but it's not complete. It's not complete because every time God wants to complete it, our relationship with him is anemic and we're not steadfast. Steadfast means to stand still, stand in position. And this standing is spiritual, it's not physical. You could be standing in one place in the world and your relationship with God can mean nothing to God because you're not faithful to him. There are many things God takes into account to be steadfast. He, he takes your heart. God gave King David an instruction. Do not number the Israelites. What did he do? He numbered the Israelites. That showed that he was not steadfast in trusting God. At that moment, he was trusting more his accomplishments, his military might, the fact that everybody was looking up to him. At some point in his heart or his life, he was more concerned about how he looked than how God viewed him. King David had achieved so much success. He had come into prominence. He had slain the Goliath. Some of you don't understand that when King David slew Goliath, that was God's judgment on the race of the Nephilim. That was God's direct and indirect judgment against Lucifer and the seed that he created after he, what he did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He took something from Eve and took something from Adam and created his own seed line. And it's there in the scripture. The Bible says, an unstable mind cannot receive anything from the Lord. An unstable heart or man cannot receive anything from the Lord. So your mind needs to be in perfect peace. I'll give you Isaiah 26 verse 3. It says, God will keep you in perfect peace because your mind is stayed on the Lord. Because, he trusts, he, because you trust in Him. Trust requires you to be firm. Your bank trusts you because they know that when you spend their money, you're going to give them back what they have asked you to give back that you need to pay. Your bank never gives you a break. God gives you a break. When you screw up and mess up, God gives you a break through grace. God is steadfast in showing you his mercy. God is steadfast in showing you his love. God is steadfast in showing you his protection. God is steadfast in providing for your needs. God is steadfast in protecting you from harm and danger. It says that God reigns on the wicked. It reigns on the wicked and the righteous. Because God does not want the wicked to be destroyed. But at the time of reckoning, the wicked will be destroyed. God is steadfast in his promises. Some of you, you receive promises from men and women and they fail you. But God doesn't fail. God never fails. Hallelujah. Let's look at um, the book of Psalms. Uh, hold on one second. Let's look at um, Isaiah 26 verse 3. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusted in thee. I'll give you another good example. When Serena Williams or Venus Williams are playing their game in the arena of uh, um, tennis. Serena Williams has such a formidable stance when she's bouncing, you know, using that racket to hit that ball. She is steadfast. She's firm. She's tenacious. Where did she get all of that from? God put it in her. Yes, she practiced. But you know you can practice all you want to, but if you don't got it, you, if you don't have it, when they say you don't got it, what they're trying to say is you don't have what God has given to you to be able to do that. Or maybe it's not appointed for you. You see how the world tries to discredit God? 
When they say someone is very successful, oh, he got it. No, it's God that gave it to him. It's God that gave it to her. It's not man. Man cannot create anything outside of what God has given to him. The sun is steadfast. That's why every, every morning the sun stands still. But do you know that the sun, the moon, and the stars are all created by God? And there's a covenant that God has made that the sun will never miss its place or position. The moon will never miss its place or position as long as God's covenant is, is there. It's God challenged Job. He says, can you break my covenant with the sun and the moon and the stars? That's how steadfast your God is. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The Bible talks about the circle of the earth. There's a firmament dome that covers the earth. For hundreds of years, your governments and those who work for the devil under Lucifer's command and also by direction of Lucifer have been trying to penetrate the firmament dome that protects us on this earth. They've tried bombs. They tried missiles. They tried atomic bombs. They tried everything. They still cannot break that barrier because God has set forth the firmament. He said in the book of Genesis, He said, "Let the waters, uh, of, let the waters uh, from above divide the waters from beneath." So there's a separation. There's a separation of water. There's water above and there's water beneath. God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. And not one day has light not has light ever ceased to perform its duty. Do you know that when you were conceived, a light beam came into your, into your zygote? Scientists have been trying to find out where this light comes from. They have been able to do research and say that when a man's sperm meets the egg of a woman in conception, at the moment that the egg sperm fertilizes that egg, there's a bright light under a microscope that comes. They don't know where that light comes from. And immediately, immediately, the process of life begins to take form. You don't see that with your naked eyes. God is steadfast. Light is the foundation of life. And God is life. It's not Lucifer that's light. Lucifer ain't got no light. He covered God's glory. He covered the light. He absorbed and was reflecting some of that light, but not in fullness because he was prideful. And scientists said they don't know where that light comes from. And I know who that light is. God Almighty is Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. God is steadfast in his promises to you. I don't know what promises God has given to you personally or you have received as a word of knowledge from somebody anointed by God or maybe God has placed in your life. I don't know what it is that, um, that you have tonight that you are not standing steadfast and trusting God for and you are bouncing from place to place, man of God, from man of God to man of God, woman of God to woman of God. No, you got to be steadfast. Stead being steadfast helps you to hear God's voice. Wherever you are, your mind has to be focused on God. How can you be focused on God? Okay, through the word of God, through your will, using your free will. God has given you a free will. The Bible says to whom you yield yourself to, you become a servant to. Are you yielding your mind to God's will or are you yielding your will to, to the will of the devil? The world is not steadfast. Look at the political arena right now. Americans in the United States of America being lied to about so-called uh, financial system that's going to be upgraded. Meanwhile, there's a war in Israel. Meanwhile, Russia and China are contending for world powers. Meanwhile, you're hearing about shortage of chips for vehicles. They're all lying to you because they can never be steadfast. Have you realized that after a certain period in humanity, I believe somewhere around the 80s or 70s era, I wasn't born at that time. I was probably a mid-80s or late-80s baby. Um... Things have shifted. The world has become more artificial. The world has become more filled with lies. 
You have to live a lie. People who are not qualified are being put in certain positions. People are being used as puppets because the world is not steadfast anymore. There's a shift that is coming. There's a greater shift that's coming that's going to bring destruction to United States of America and the Western world and the powers that have been funding the world, Western world because they put their trust in something that's not real. At the beginning of the foundation of America, America was founded under God's trust. But the moment that trust was shifted away, then it became the decay in morality. I've studied empires on my personal time. I remember one time I, was, I had so much free time on my hands. I was studying in a library and it wasn't long after I was doing this study, they came out with law in America that everywhere, any library you go to, you have to prevent your ID because they want to know what everybody's reading. They want to know what everybody knows. They want to know every little detail about you. And I studied that every empire, I was able to deduce by the, by the spiritual discernment of the Holy Spirit that every empire loses its power and its dominance the moment it loses its morals. America and the Western world have lost its morals when it comes to protecting children. Our people in the positions of power are now pedophiles. More than 99.9% .9 of the of the. Politicians and people in positions of power are secret pedophiles or being blackmailed or involved in any sex, sex activity that is perverse for them to maintain their cult. And their exposure will come. Doesn't matter how they hide. The Bible says all liars will be exposed. Every lie will be exposed. Everything that is hidden will come to light. Being steadfast in truth protects you because the Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There are a lot of truths out there, but it's only one truth that has the power to set you free. And that truth is Jesus Christ. There's truth about what your body does and all of that. But the truth that brings life is Jesus Christ. Are you steadfast in Christ? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. Some of you here have entanglements of bondage in your life. And this entanglement of bondage in your life does not allow you to remain steadfast in your relationship to hear his voice, to be able to be moved and led by his spirit. It's very important that you grow in your personal walk with God, your personal relationship with God, whereby you can hear his voice and move in his spirit, be led by his spirit. And when he's leading you, you follow. There's someone here, God is purging you. There's someone here, there's a lock on your promotion. I break that lock in the name of Jesus. That lock be broken by the hammer of the Almighty and removed completely in the name of Jesus. The wizard that's assigned to someone here, I command that wizard be exposed and the angel of God to slaughter that wizard because it has done so. He has, he or she has done so much evil in the name of Jesus. The time of judgment is now. The Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. Therefore, I proclaim judgment on that spirit of witchcraft in the name of Jesus. Somewhere here, there's some lung issues. You're having some lung issues um, with your lungs. Your lungs are dark. Maybe you've been smoking a lot or something's going on in your lungs that's not allowing proper air movement. You're not getting a lot of air in your alveoli. I command right now the wind of God, the breath of God to blow in your, blow in your lungs, the all creative power of God to blow in your lungs and bring healing for you in the name of Jesus. Some, of, some people have an unstable mind. Why? Because either a demon has got into that mind or something has hijacked your mind. Mind control is real, but it's demonic. The purpose of mind control is to take over your free will. So if your mind is not steadfast on God, something can take over your free will. And if it does, what it aims to do is to destroy you and control you and lead you into captivity. 
But the word of God said Jesus Christ came to do what? Set the captives free. So if you are captive tonight, all you have to do is look to Jesus and you'll be free. The man who was possessed by legions of demons, the moment he realized that his condition required a supernatural touch of God, he began to look for the help. And when he saw Jesus Christ, what did he do? He put his eyes steadfast on Christ. He did not lose his vision and focus. He fixed his eyes on Christ and said, you know what? I got to get this man to get me out of this mess. The demons were telling him all kinds of mess. You're not going to be delivered. We'll, we got you. This is our body. No, 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 no. But somehow, in some way, the spirit of God connected, that is connected to everyone's spirit, whether you're a believer or not, drew his son, led his son to him. And he spoke the word and the demons began to speak. He said, have you come to cast us out or judge us before the time? He said, no. And they begged, they begged him because it wasn't their time yet. The Bible says it's a time to be born, a time to be still, a time to be happy, a time to be joyous, a time to be fruitful, a time to bear children, a time to be celebrant, a time to be uh, consecrated, a time to pray, a time to intercede, a time to proclaim judgment, a time to proclaim prophetic judgment, a time to prophesy good, good things, a time to prophesy better things. There's a lot of things that time has its place for. But the one thing you cannot afford to not have in this end time that we live in is a steadfast faith in God. Let's look at that song very quickly. I want to I want to give you the lyrics to a song that I really love so much. Uh, where is that lyrics to that song? I'm not sure why it's not showing up. Some of you know it very well. It's titled, The Steadfast Love of the Lord. Okay. The steadfast love of the Lord. He said, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceaseth. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. God's steadfast love for you and I is new every morning. New every morning. Supposedly, I'm looking at it here, and it says here that the, the composer of this song is called Edith McNeil. She was born between 1920 and died in 2014. Okay? She was a long member of the Church of the Redeemer in Houston, Texas, Episcopal, um, and she wrote this song. She supposedly composed this song. Okay? So, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That song has been sung over and over and over and over and over in different formats, different with different uh, um, sound background, with different music, with different instruments, whether it's instrumental. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Your faith in God has to be steadfast. I don't know what any of you are listening to in these churches out there, but Jesus said it himself. He said, when he comes, will he find faith on earth? Will the Son of Mine find faith in God's word on earth? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is coming. The rapture is real. Don't let anybody lie to you. It's been prophesied. Daniel saw the rapture. Come on now. He saw the rapture. Jesus revealed. He was revealed to him by Jesus Christ, by God Almighty. It was revealed to him. Jesus is coming back and you have to add steadfast faith, unwavering faith. God will test your faith. I'll give you another example or testimony about Peter. Okay. Peter was 
was with Jesus Christ and the disciples. And what does it say? It said that Jesus was walking on water. In the book of Matthew chapter 14. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14 verse 20. Let's go there and look at it. what happens when you're not steadfast. Okay. If you desire to be steadfast, you need strength. Okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14 verse 22 very briefly before I end this life. It says, and straight away, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. Someone here, your divine elevation has come. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. And to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus needed some time of rest. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. There were times when Jesus had to pray alone. It says here that he went apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. That's the middle of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Okay, we know that the Satan, uh, Lucifer, is the prince of the power of the air. Okay, and I want you to make a distinction here. There are classes of angels called powers, dominions. There are classes of angels called... Uh, principalities uh, and their principalities that uh, rule some of them are under god's command and some of them are under the devil's control but god is still in control of everything he's sovereign okay so satan is the prince of the power of the air so the angel in charge of the air satan is above that angel archangel michael is the great prince and he's the prince of war and warfare jesus christ is the prince of peace he brings peace but he's also the king of kings okay there are classes of angels called dominions that's why you look in the scripture it says all dominions will be subject to christ i just want to highlight that for you to understand a little bit about scripture and to open your mind you have to understand god's word with god's wisdom he said but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night jesus went unto them walking on the sea okay so if you look at the clock and you split up the clock into four quadrants, you have four watches. So the fourth one of the night should probably be maybe 3 a.m. in the morning. Okay. The next one will be uh, at 6. The next one after that will be 9. And the next one after will be 12. And it goes round and round and round every three hours. Okay. So um, he was walking in the sea. They were troubled saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straight away Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him, said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. I'm reading King James. And he said, and he said, Somewhere here there's some locks around your feet being removed. Receive it now in Jesus' name. I command those locks be removed in Jesus' name. Shackles be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every shackle said to anyone here, go back to where they came from in Jesus' name. Amen. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, look at it. The moment he took his eyes off of Jesus, his eyes were no longer steadfast on Jesus. Instead, he was more focused on the wind. He had forgotten that Jesus was walking on the water for a brief moment because his eyes were not steadfast on Christ. And he said, come. And when Peter was commanded, the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me.
He saw it because he entertained fear. You cannot be steadfast if all you do is allow fear to drive you. Okay. And beginning to sing, he cried out, saying, Lord, say, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Fe doubt and fear are the greatest destruction to you being steadfast before the Lord. And when they were come unto the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Do you know in that ship at that moment, there had to be some people, if not more than major amount of people who were in that ship, did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God until this moment happened. It's right there in the scripture. It said, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, of a truth, they are bearing record to what Jesus just did. Thou art the Son of God. Not only did he walk in water, he rescued a man from sinking in the water on the sea. He didn't walk in no river. He didn't walk in no pond. He didn't walk in nothing. He walked on the sea. It's equivalent to walking on the, on the Atlantic Ocean. He walked on the sea. So I don't know what kind of sea you have in your life today. You need to be steadfast. Ask God to strengthen your faith in Him. Ask God to strengthen your heart in Him. You steadfast in prayer. The Bible says, pray without season. Some of us were given up at the ninth hour of, the, of our breakthrough, 11th hour of our breakthrough in prayer. We're given up at the 11th second of our breakthrough, a couple of seconds to our breakthrough. You need to be steadfast. And if you need some help, you can get some help. Say, brother, sister, I've been praying for this for a long time. I need some boost here. Can you help me? Or ask the Holy Spirit to boost you if you can't find nobody else to help you. Being steadfast requires diligence. Are you diligent? Being steadfast requires that you uphold the truth. Are you upholding the truth as God wants you to uphold the truth? There's so much decay in our society that very, very quickly we have come to accept anything that the devil presents to us as a counterfeit. People on the pupit are not steadfast in upholding and preaching the truth. Rather, they're preaching sermons that attract people. They're preaching head knowledge, head wisdom, intellectualism at the pulpit. Where in the world did you see in the Bible that Jesus preached the word with intellectual wisdom? The Bible says, the wisdom of man is foolishness before the Lord. He said, the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. If you don't have the power, you can't preach the word. If you're preaching outside of the power, you're preaching from human wisdom. And human wisdom has already been infected and poisoned and injected with satanic filth and poison from the Garden of Eden because of everyone partaking by virtue of Adam and Eve of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a venom that needs to be purged from you and you cannot get it purged if you're not steadfast in God's word. May that manipulation leave you, my sister, in Jesus' name. Let's go to Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9. How do you apply being steadfast in your life? You've heard about being steadfast and what you should do to be steadfast and how you can remain steadfast. Prayer, word, fasting. Uh, Daniel was steadfast. He prayed for... Can you imagine somebody praying for the whole world for 21 days? Fasting and praying for 21 days. How steadfast was that? And without shifting and being persistent... I'm very sure that Daniel would have gone more than 21 days if it was necessary. But God sent an angel to show Daniel what was going on. And that angel came and said, um, there's a prince of Persia who was standing your prayer. But God sent Michael to remove that principality so that your prayers could be answered. Because Daniel was praying at a level that was above anybody in his time or realm of existence. 
He was praying for our world and his generation because at that time, the new world order, new world order was about to be set up in the time of Daniel. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So a new order is nothing new. It's all a bunch of lies. In Daniel's time, there was a king that controlled the whole world and he wanted to bring the whole world under one worship, one financial system and one uh, uh, legal system so that everything would be done under his command and his rule. Nebuchadnezzar wanted it. Belteshazzar wanted it as well. And what did God do? He confounded them by letting the Israelite tribe of Judah to be in the midst. Without the tribe of Judah, they can't go nowhere because God is so mighty, so great, so so uh, infinite in wisdom. The Bible said that God has scattered the whole tribe of Israel around the world. So if you're steadfast in God, you understand his word, you will not allow yourself to be moved by all these so-called sects claiming themselves to be Israelites, claiming that God is only cares about white people and black people more than white people. The Bible says all souls belong to God. Does your soul have a color? No. Your soul is like a vapor. A vapor is white. White in essence, not white because of race. That's how God created it. It's a vapor. You ever seen vapor? Some of it is almost almost invisible, okay? Some of you have seen a soul in the spiritual realm by God's revelation. It always appears in a, in a whitish form, but it's not whitish that white because you're white or black. That's just God, how God created it. So Daniel prayed and resisted the devil's agenda. And because he prayed steadfastly without shaking, God gave him the answer to his prayer. Tonight, God wants you to have that steadfast faith, okay? Um, let's look at First Peter chapter five verse nine. He says, "Whom resist steadfast in the faith, that the same, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world." Okay, who are we resisting? Let's go to verse eight. Let's go to verse eight um, real quick. It says, um, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil." As a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is a fake lion. He's roaring like a lion, but he ain't no lion. Jesus is the tribe, lion of the tribe of Judah. Some of you, if not all of you, come from the tribe of Judah. If you always have leadership qualities or find yourself wanting to assume or possess or, or take into leadership control for the sake of righteousness or positions, you come from the tribe of Judah. It says here, be sober. Be sober means that you should be disciplined in your behavior, in your mannerism. Some of us are too giggly. We're all playful with our Christianity. We're too friendly with every single person who, who claims to be of Christ, but they're not of Christ. It says be sober, be vigilant. Vigilant means you got to be on the watch. If you can't pray after any time after midnight, there's a problem with you. A big problem. Jesus prayed at the third hour of the watch. That's 3 a.m. in the morning. Pray it again. Pray it again. You need to pray. Even if it's for 20 to 30 minutes, you need to pray. It says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. These are the two things that you can beat the devil with. Being sober, being vigilant because, you're because the devil as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. You can't resist the devil if you're not steadfast in your faith. Your faith is what you believe. God says you are healed, but you believe in the lies of the devil saying you're not healed. God says you have a sound mind, but you believe in the devil's trickery telling you, are you sure you have a sound mind or you don't have a 
sound mind. No, you do have a sound mind because God says in his word in Isaiah 26 verse 3, it says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord because he trusts in the Lord. Somewhere here, God has given you some bread, but the devil's devouring your bread. We come against that in the name of Jesus. Somewhere there's a strong woman, a strong man that is banking your blessings. They're taking away your blessings. Their blessings are on their foot. They got some witchcraft that's using, being used against you to put their your blessings on their foot. We command that evil foot be cut down and be destroyed tonight in the name of Jesus. And all that belongs to you be reapportioned back to you in the name of Jesus. Only you're sinking in a lot of debt. I command the yoke and the bondage of debt in your life be broken in the name of Jesus. We break that lock of debt off your provisions off your finances in the name of jesus i command your bank account right now be removed from all curses all curses in your bank account be removed tonight in the name of jesus the son of god amen knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world but the god of all grace who hath called us unto his mother unto his eternal glory by christ jesus after that ye have suffered a while make you perfect establish you strengthen you and settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen by sylvanius a faithful brother unto you as i suppose i have written briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of god wherein ye stand you stand steadfast in god's grace not in your might not in your power the church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluted you, and so doeth Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with all you that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because the children, because the disciples were steadfast in the faith, God permitted a church to be set up in Babylon. It's right there in that scripture. In verse 13 of 1 Peter chapter 5, the church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluted you. When you are steadfast in faith, God will plant you somewhere where you cannot be uprooted. Because wherever God plants you, the devil can't root you out of there unless you give permission for the devil to do so. How in the world are we living in this age of Babylon and we fail to change the dynamics of what is happening in the atmosphere where we live? It says here that a church in Babylon, come on now. There's a church in Ephesus, a church in Corinth, a church in Rome. But it says here, the church in, ba in Babylon saluted you. It's right there in the book of chapter 13. Read it one more time. Verse 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13. This is a steadfast church. These are steadfast children of God. These are steadfast disciples of God. It said the church that is at Babylon elected together with you, saluted you. Marcus was instructed by God to go to Babylon and set up a church. Because he's the one that's, is, that's, that is uh, Marcus, the son of Silvanus, the son that is, went to Babylon and is given a salute from Babylon to establish God's kingdom in Babylon. And say, hey, brothers and sisters, I salute you. Please keep praying for me. When you're steadfast in faith, the grace of God is super abundant in your life. And you can accomplish super abundant things for God's kingdom by his power, by his wisdom, by his authority, by his domain, and by his will. It's all by the will of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. First Peter 5, verse 10, it says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after the year have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Your perfection is meant to keep you formidable. Okay? Formidable. Hallelujah. Um, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time, for studying your word.
I pray, O oh God, Father, that you help us to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable at this hour. In the name of Jesus, I pray that anything that will shake us out of your will for this end time, I pray that you remove it from our lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus, help us to, to move and gravitate towards your spirit, Lord. Because your spirit is what brings grace. Your spirit is what brings life. Your spirit is what brings power. Your spirit is what brings dominion. So I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you give us all that you have given to us through your word, that you help us to uphold it to you to the very end in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you've given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. So tonight, Lord, I ask that you breathe your fire upon me and my brothers and sisters tonight and help us to be steadfast, steadfast in prayer, steadfast in faith, steadfast in our walk with you. Some of us are not walking all the way with you, but you've given us the grace to walk with you. So help us to walk with you tonight, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I pray for healing for those who need healing tonight. I pray for whoever it is that was, <coughs> excuse me, that got caught out of fire. I pray the Lord will heal you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God bless you, Sister Evelyn. I thank you for that testimony. In the name of Jesus, we come against every choking spirit assigned to choke out the goodness of God in your life. We bind it up and cast it to the pit of hell tonight. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for support of other grace, provision, and anointing for everyone here tonight. In the name of Jesus. Lord, receive all the glory, all the praise, all the adoration. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. The Lord is giving strength to someone here. Someone, you have a sick child. I pray for healing for your sick child. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, my brothers and sisters, this is the end of the Thursday Bible study. Tomorrow is going, today is going to be, well, it's a new day here, 6.06 a.m. in the morning here. I believe that's about 1.06 in America um, and the Eastern Coasts, East Coast. Um, I'll have the Men's Fellowship on Telegram and TikTok, so you can join in if you like. If you have any men that need prayer, if you have a man, you're a man here, please join in. Um, and uh, we'll be part of that. We'll do what God wants us to do. Um, I pray for your son and your mother to walk in the will of God, my sister Angie, in the name of Jesus. Excuse me, the Lord be with you and strengthen you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. In the name of Jesus, I pray that all that you need be granted to you now. In Jesus' mighty name. The Lord bless you all and thank you for tonight. And I pray the Lord will keep you and strengthen you with might by his spirit and his inner being. And uh, till we meet again, my brothers and sisters, shalom. This live will be available as soon as it's available for you to listen to and share um, on Apple Podcasts at Joel Isaiah 2022 um, and uh, Spotify at Joel Isaiah 2022 and uh, SoundCloud at Joel Isaiah 2022. You can also listen to it online at the website uh, for this outreach is swordofthespiritofgod.com, swordofthespiritofgod.com. All right. God bless you all. And uh, till we meet again, shalom, goodbye.